Do a sound check? I think we're good. If we have to re-record this podcast, Phil. Uh, we'll be fine. Were you recording for that? I am recording. Did you record that if we have to re-record this podcast, Phil? Yes, I did. I want that as the intro. Latino. Good morning and welcome to Second Breakfast with Lucas and Phil, the Samba edition. Yeah. What, what? I'm Lucas. I'm Phil. And we have a special show planned for you all today. I'm super excited. Phil, how's your knee? Uh, terrible. Terrible? No, we just found, I found out something very exciting. Uh, would yes. you like to tell the crowd? Well, I have to, yeah, in, in, I sort of have to print a retraction or you know, not print, we don't print this. But uh, I thought my, in, I was under the impression somehow that my knee was all plastic now. Yeah. But it's only partly plastic. It is mostly metal. It's this super shiny, beautiful silver metal. And I got to see a, you know, a model of it. It's that vibranium, and, right? And, and, <laughs> something like that. So if I take this giant magnet I have. That everyone can see. Everyone can see this. It is a large magnet. I don't know where it came from. Looks like it came from a very big speaker. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to place it against my leg on one side. And that. If I take, if I put, ooh, if I put it against my knee on the inside, I feel a little tingle on the outside <laughs> of my knee. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's this sounds so freaky. I so probably did you, something really bad to myself just then. So if, any, <laughs> if ever you need any reason, or if ever you have a reason to immobilize Phil any more than he already is... Just get a giant magnet. A giant magnet. Yeah, like, a, the, like the Wolverine. I did not. Well, Which, speaking I, you know, of that, like... You I, said to me, you said that I told you it was metal yeah, before you, and showed you the brochure. The brochure. And then I totally forgot. Which I just want to say, like, there's a brochure for getting your knee replaced. Like, it yeah. looks like you're moving into a retirement village. <laughs> like, look at these lovely amenities. It's a full titanium kneecap along with these... Super good plastic cartilage. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, they don't. Like, although they don't actually replace you. your kneecap, they just resurface the. Anyway, that's too much information. <laughs> Boring. It's like your cabinets. It's only refacing them. That's right. Uh, so, anyway, what's been going on with you this week, Lucas? You had a good week. You had a. Yeah. So it's been a good week so far. We're replacing the flooring in our kitchen right now. Yeah. Um, and so, funny story. Uh, I was unhooking the dishwasher last night to put the put, finish the flooring up, and uh, I turned off the wrong valve, uh, water valve. To the, <laughs> so when I unhooked it, <laughs> boiling hot water sprayed oh. everywhere in my kitchen. Did so. you burn yourself? Uh, uh, not bad, just a little. Like on my fingers are still a oh, little heavens. sore. So uh, it oh was, my stars! That's what was, my mother uh, would say. Oh my stars! It was not fun. Uh, but it's all dried out now. I'm going to be able to finish the flooring this evening, hopefully. And so, well, I yeah, am so sorry that you had that Just, trouble. I tried to hold on to it. It was cold at first, you know, and then it got really hot, and I was like, ah! <laughs> so I've done that. I've I was trying to do something with my shower. I put a new shower valve in upstairs, and then I thought, oh well, I need to make this adjustment. Of course, I'd already turned the water back on, and I went to make this adjustment and. It just it just all came loose and sprayed water on my chest. And then of course, you got to leave the upstairs bathroom, go downstairs, turn off the water. Yeah. And that whole time water is spraying. Luckily it was more or less in the shower. But. That's good. Yeah, mine was all over all the brand new flooring, underneath the brand new flooring, so I had to pull several rows up. 
uh, underneath the tar paper I had put down as a vapor barrier. It's just a, it was just a, a mess. lot of work. Well, just I, a mess. I'm turning this music off. It's putting me to sleep. Your voice is putting me to sleep. <laughs> okay. Well, so here we are. It is it is a great day for second breakfast. What's the best thing you had to eat this week, Lucas? Ooh, uh, Tori made some chicken Alfredo for dinner last night. That was uh, muy excelente. Yeah, so it was yeah. delicious. She has a great recipe, and so that with the you know Olive Garden style salad and uh, broccoli. I mean, broccoli's there. So. Broccoli's there. It's it gets yeah. good for a vegetable. Yeah. So, so but yeah, chicken you know, Alfredo. I had my first trip to Brownies, my personal favorite breakfast right. place right. in Tulsa, since the surgery. So I was very. It was a very Good week for me in that regard. It was great. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Is it time for OJ? Do I have? Do I get OJ today? OJ? Do I get a Gen Z word of the week? Gen Z word of the week. Yes. Yes, it's time. Okay, here we go. I've got it. Are you ready? Uh, never. FOMO. 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 I think you should. I completely know what this is. All right, tell me, FOMO. It's an acronym. Is that it's initial. Fear of missing out. That's right. It is. It's the you know the ultimate sort of dysfunction of the Gen Z culture is that that the idea that you might be missing one thing keeps you from committing to anything. Now here's the question: Is this is that right? Well, I think it's more of like you you don't want to stay at home because you're going to miss out on the coolest thing happening. Right. So that's what I was thinking. Like, is this really a Gen? I mean, it's a Gen Z name for it yeah but is it really a gen z thing or is it just kind of a teenager and young people thing i think it is well i mean you know simon sinek like he says fomo is much more of a big thing in the last 10 to 20 years than it has been in the you know maybe the 20 years before that but uh yeah maybe that comes from social media maybe too much yeah, you see uh, too many now. options. You, you see, see what now. everyone's doing yeah. all the time. I know for me, like in when I was in high school, I had some FOMO. I didn't want to miss out on anything going on with my friends. I wanted to be there. But also, I'm kind of a, a social person. Yeah. My personality lends itself on... to, to being around a lot of people all the time. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't really have I, – I thrive on – I like people. I love people. And then I want them to go away. See, I've, I don't really have that until I get really tired. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. You guys leave if you want. So, yeah. Anyway, so FOMO. I knew that one. That's uh, well, so I've gotten of, like three or four of these. I was afraid you were going to miss out, so I gave you an easy one. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You're welcome, Phil. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and the other segment that I'm really excited about is Dad Stories. Dad Stories with Lucas. With Lucas. That sounds a little bit like our other jingle. Gen Z word of the week. Oh, we can change it. <laughs> Dad stories with Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's much better. You're much welcome. more original. Thank you. So what's the day? Oh, oh, it's time to make bets if you if yes. you have bet uh, for uh for some pancakes. Make a pancake I'm, bet. So I, I'm gonna make my guess. I'm gonna say today's story involves poop. That and if I get it, and if I have it wrong. You gonna buy me pancakes? But you can't change the story. Never. I'll buy you pancakes if I'm wrong. But you if have I'm... to use the story you were already planning to. Yes. Use. Yeah. No. I'm not gonna. On change your the story. honor, Lucas. On my honor. Right. Phil, you sit with me in our pre-show stuff and know yes. that I have such a hard time remembering <laughs> anything. How am I gonna remember a different story, Phil? I don't know. 
All right. Maybe you're a lot smarter than you. So look. you heard it. Phil has bet that it will include poop. One poop bet. And that if it does not include poop, he will buy me pancakes. Pancakes. Without poop. All right. So it all begins yesterday, uh, Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi had her nine-month appointment. It was her nine-month anniversary of being born, I guess. Nine-month anniversary. I of don't know. Born. Is that a thing? She was nine months old yesterday. Yes. And uh, she's so cute and wonderful and amazing. Anyway, so we're at the- You know, uh, I haven't seen her in over a month, I don't think. Yeah, you need to come over. I do. So uh, anyway, so she is in the, uh, we're in the doctor's office, the pediatrician, and she's just crawling around and playing with stuff, and she's crawled over by the door. Oh, yeah, because every, like, nine months, six months, three months, you have to go in, and they weigh the kid, and they, they say, weigh. and they, they measure the kid, and they say, well, they're, you know, 75th percentile or whatever. Or Speaking of which, she's way above average or way below average She's like or the whatever. 45th percentile in weight and the 55th percentile in height and the 80th percentile on head size. So <laughs> she got my head kind of kind of large, but she wears it well. It looks good on her. So Yeah. Super yeah. cute. Anyway, people with big heads often are famous. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, people with large heads are, are I mean, it makes sense, Phil. Famous. Both of us have pretty big heads and ah, uh giant noggins. And we have dozens of listeners. We so. have many, many, many downloads. <laughs> In Russia and all over the world. Vladimir Putin we're, could we're be a listener. We're worldwide, man. We're worldwide. Anyway, so we're at the pediatrician's office. Naomi's crawling around playing with her toys, and she loves to go exploring. So she's exploring the whole office, looking around, seeing the carpet, crawling. Well, then, uh, so typically, you know, at a doctor, they'll knock three times and then wait a minute and open. Well, the pediatrician forgot to wait, so she like... Knocks three times and then just like starts to open the door while Naomi's head is like an inch from it. Dad reflexes engage. <laughs> I snatched her right off the ground and pulled her up and saved her little head from getting hit. She may have been in the 79th percentile if her head had been knocked there. So, uh, and she pooped. No. <laughs> Nope, just uh, saved You her. changed it. I know she No, did. I did You owe me pancakes, <laughs> Phil, and they're gluten-free, which means they're more expensive. <laughs> oh, man. Can't go to brownies. Anyway, yeah, you, you so I owe up. you some pancakes. You can just bring me a Good story, though. So. Dad reflexes. Those are great stories. Isn't it? It's crazy. Like, I've had four or five of those where I'll just, like, snatch her it, right as she falls, and I'll have no idea and just grab her. Like, it's crazy how the Lord provides. It's superhuman strength. Superhuman quickness yeah. and perception. It's wild. And so. uh, yeah, 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 it is. That's incredible. Well, good story. Good story. So, what's going on? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking today? about, well, you, you know, I suggested a topic and you suggested giving a different title. You know, we kind of started the conversation last yeah. week about. Uh, identity in Christ. And, and we're going to, so in that vein, we're going to go with two terms that maybe uh, people don't exactly know what they mean, but they have kind of a general idea. I think a lot of our listeners do. So I think it's a good thing to talk about. I said that one of the real foundational things in identity in Christ is righteousness. Righteousness. And you used, I said we should talk about justification and sanctification, which are about righteousness. Which are about righteousness. And I'm going to let you kind of introduce that topic because I need to look something up. There's an amazing quote by Oswald Chambers. Ooh, good old Ozzy. Better than Ozzy Osbourne, I'll tell you that. So 
Anyway, uh, so just in, in kind of covering a basic overview, justification is that immediate righteousness bestowed upon us. We have Christ's righteousness bestowed upon us by God. So when he looks upon us, he sees Christ's righteousness and not our old sinful, dirty flesh. Sanctification is the lifetime it takes really to learn to live in that ju- that righteousness. And so as even though we are completely righteous and our identity is the righteousness of Christ, right. in that moment we have not learned to live righteously and to leave the flesh behind. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily. And, it, and uh, it's an interesting thought. You say the lifetime it takes. Uh, it doesn't always take a lifetime in certain areas. You know, some people just yeah. like, bam, they get saved and all of a sudden... Everything changes. Yeah, and I uh, and then there are some areas that seems like take a long time. It's for for sure, and I think you see that a lot with with some people who uh, are saved with maybe they have alcoholism before and they come to know Christ, and it seems like that's immediately healed, like the desires never completely turn. gone. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's amazing. Others, it doesn't work that way. No, no, no. And in other areas of that person's life, where it's immediate change in that area, where it may take them a while to come to terms with their anger. Or they have right. to learn, and they, you know, Christ continues to work in their life on their selfishness. So I want to read, uh, as a continuing by way of introduction, a quote by Oswald Chambers about sanctification. Uh, the first, he says, the life side. This is from my utmost for his highest. The mystery of sanctification is that the perfect qualities of Jesus Christ are imparted as a gift to me, not gradually, but Instantly, once I enter by faith into the realization that he became for me sanctification. That's quoting First uh, Corinthians one thirty, I think. Uh, and then he says, sanctification means nothing less than the holiness of Jesus becoming mine and being exhibited in my life. That, so, yeah, I mean, Jesus is in me. He is my life. I be, you know, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So all of the perfect qualities of Jesus are ours the minute we're born again. And then he says sanctification means that becoming ours and exhibited in our lives. So, I mean, I think it's important we, we realize that sanctification does not mean that God is slowly kind of waiting to give you these things Absolutely. throughout your life. But they've all been giving to you, yeah. and it's that exhibition in your life that takes right. time. It's Yeah, and it, maybe we should explore this a little bit together, because I was thinking, I want to maybe ask Gordon about this, because he's like this encyclopedic-type Bible knowledge. Right. Is there anything in the Bible that God does slowly? Yes. What? I mean, well, it's funny. We, we talked about this the other day. Every analogy that Christ gives, or not every, but most analogies that Christ gives are an agricultural analogy. Huh, yeah. And so, when talking about the kingdom of God, when talking about faith, when talking about these things, he talks about, you know, planting a seed, sowing uh-huh, the seed, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then those things all grow slowly. And so, discipleship, dis- discipleship is something that God does in your life that takes a lot of time, you know? Yeah. And so I think so. Go ahead. What, so we see both of these things in this question. Justification is instant, right? You know, righteousness happens instantly when we believe in Jesus, and then sanctification is more that, like the agricultural. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, yeah. Gordon. Hey, Pastor, come here real quick. I have a, we have a question for you. We have a question for you. All right, are you guys live? 
Well, not we're live. Not. We're just recording. You'll have to use my mic, so come over here. Okay. All right, Pastor, here's the question. In Scripture, is there any basis of God doing something slowly instead of instantaneously? Yeah, like when he, like when he says, you know, let there be light, there's light. But are there things that God does that he does slowly? Being conformed to the image of Christ sometimes takes a lifetime. You know, Paul said, I've not arrived yet. So even though our our sanctification is complete, we are still being sanctified. So in that sense, God is still working in us. And yeah, that's interesting because he says that in Romans, he says those he justified, he also sanctified. But then is also... We're also being sanctified. Yeah, the, there's a verse that says he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Right. So there's a process involved. So you know, it's almost like maybe that's the only thing. I mean, is there something else God does that he does sort of slowly and progressively besides this process of sanctification? Well, one thing that I remembered when you first asked that question a second ago was when Jesus healed the man that was blind, yeah. you know, and he said, what do you see? And he says, I see men like trees walking. And then he put his hands on him again, and he saw clearly. I've never fully understood right. what that means, but that's a very small story. That's right. not the major part of the yeah. Bible. Yeah, interesting. Well, thank you, Pastor Gordon. That's You're our welcome. pastor, folks. Woo, everybody clap for Pastor Gordon wherever you are right now. Is this the second breakfast? This is the second breakfast. This is the second breakfast with Lucas and Phil. And you are our third ever guest, if if I think I'm right. I think he's actually our second ever guest, because I think the second guest got cut. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, (laughs) So thanks, Pastor Gordon. Yeah, thanks, Pastor. (laughs) That's great. That was great. So yeah, so yeah, you guys have kind of enlightened me. I had this in in my mind that, well, God you know, spoke and there was light. Everything he does is instant, but it's true. So all of these things about faith and about uh, discipleship and about evangelism, mm-hmm. Jesus uses this, these agricultural, the idea of sowing seed. Right. And the idea of uh, sowing and watering uh, and yeah, seed time to, and harvest. Right, and uh, then even in you the in growing um, between where you see you know the sower throwing the seed on the ground yeah. and in the different areas where they were choked out by the thorns. Right, there's time. There's a time element with all of that. So why is that, Lucas? I'm going to ask you the the big question. People are like, well, I get frustrated because if you know if Jesus lives in me, then why do I still do this? If Jesus lives in me, then why do I not do that? Or why don't I want to do this or that? If you know if Jesus lives in me, then I would be, I would feel a lot different. What's your response to that? Just off the top of your head. Yeah, no. Um, I think if that question were asked to me, you know, why do I still live this way, or why do I still struggle with these things when Christ lives within me? And I think it does come back that we have to, you know, God's going to save us, and he's going to kill our flesh, uh, but we kind of have to dump the body ourselves and massage, if you will, the dead out, Um, (laughs) you know, and he continues to work on us, he continues to perfect us, and so I think he lets us, I don't know, sit in those struggles a little bit to continue to grow and tend to us, um, it yeah. is that it, 
you know, we, we see the trial and temptations, and in Romans, where uh, Paul talks about that and how, um, I mean, God allows us to go through trials and temptations Absolutely. for the purpose of growth in Him. And you know what else I think? God tends to do things in such a way and deal with us in such a way that it always draws us into deeper relationship with Him. Yeah. And we're called to cooperate with Him. And our growth into sanctification, our experience of the, of the perfections, the power, the, the beauty of the Christ life that lives within us, uh, the progress of our learning to experience that, and the Bible calls it growing in grace, is so dependent on our intimacy with Him, uh, not our ability, but our maybe willingness to make ourselves available in relationship to Him. And to grow, I don't want to say closer to him because that's not a real thing, but we do sort of grow closer to him in a relational sense. Yeah. You know, because you can't really be any closer to him because he is in you. You're in him. You can't really be far away from him. No. But you can grow more, gain more intimacy. You can grow in intimacy and in in that sort of a a relational closeness. And I think it's that same question of, well... Uh, why would God give us the option to sin in the garden? Right. And it's if upon, you know, becoming a believer, boom, all your struggles or all of your internal turmoil is gone, you know, where you no longer have these temptations and, and things for you. I mean, then there's no proof from you that you you love God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's just so I can be perfect, then there's yeah. nothing ever to test that. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't get to participate in any way. Exactly. And I think God's very big on us as as much as he does all of the work and salvation is all of his work. He is really big on, you know, we're made in his image. We are also creative, active beings that yeah, he, thrive on activity and a, even accomplishment, even though it's not self so it's not Phil, selfish accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear you, and that's what I think it really flips it on its head that all of a sudden now the fact that I still struggle with blank sin and am dealing with this part of my flesh is a blessing because God <laughs> is allowing me to play a part in his plan of sanctifying me, oh, right? Is did it, you say that out loud? I said that out loud. <laughs> That's crazy. But That's you, right. Well, you know, you think about the children of Israel got into the land, into the promised land, and God did not just immediately drive out all the nations before them. Why? Yeah. Because he wanted them to participate in the process. Right, you think about, I mean, God could have, A, like, put a force field up and not let Adam and Eve have a choice, and yet he let them have a choice. He could have done a lot of, he could have forced Noah onto a boat he had built, and yet he let Noah build the boat. With Moses, he could have just picked up Israel and put them outside of Egypt. With the promised land, he could have cleared it for them, dropped them in, never let them have the option to worship idols in the desert. Yet in each of these situations, you see a choice. He could have made them like robots. Right. And Noah chose correctly there, but all those other examples, right? They chose wrong, and yeah. so, um, yeah. But it's that that active participation in the plan God has for us. We have a choice, and He, he is, wants yeah. us to choose Him. And that's that's part of His love. You know, He loves us. And uh, there's a really powerful book called "The Search for Significance," and I think God is big on our having a sense of significance and participation in what he is doing in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think next week's going to be a great time to maybe cover a little bit more in justification, or yeah, the right, justification. Maybe we can go a little more another part into one, part two. Uh, but this week, I thought it was interesting. Earlier, you were talking about our relationship with God, yeah, right, and just as we grow deeper and more intimate in our relationship with Him, it reminded me of um, in my field of study. Uh, one of the theories is called social penetration theory. And the what theory, was that field of study? I don't know if I interpersonal know. Interpersonal communication. So talking and listening (laughs) and writing long papers about it and having theories about why people communicate the way they do. And you can never prove these theories, so they're always known as theories. But one of those theories theories is social penetration theory, alternatively known as onion theory, which is essentially that people are like onions, like ogres, you know. Uh, But, you know, you have this layer that you'll only share with your closest relationship or your, this oh, first yeah. layer that gets shared with everybody. Okay. Yeah. And the then another layer way. down is kind of for your acquaintances and then the, for your friends and then your family and friends that are like family. And then maybe like your best friend and then like your spouse, you know, and you get yeah, deeper yeah. and deeper and there's things that they only know about you. Yeah. Um, and then at the deepest part, God knows. It makes, those, a, it makes but, a ton of sense. Right. It's, it's kind of a, this obvious thing most people know, but once you name it, you can identify it and you can kind of see it a little better. But it is, I think our relationship with God is you have this like onion theory where it's, you kind of get to a level of the onion and you almost think, well, this is, I'm pretty close to the, to the core, right, right of God. But no, like most, we've never gotten past these first couple layers oh, and it yeah. is, you know, when we're struggling with a sin and God helps us to overcome that and we see this way through or or we're struggling with something in our life or a trial or temptation, whatever it looks like, but it's almost we get to this next layer of the onion, um, which God has a lot more layers than people do. Right. But we just like come through that layer. And I think that's part of sanctification yeah. as we just draw nearer and nearer to him and get to know him better and better and see things that you just get there and you kind of like, oh, how did I not see this before? And it's yeah, so amazing. Absolutely, Yeah. And that happens actually over and over again in your life. You're like, what? I was not even a Christian before. Yeah. <laughs> How did I never know this? Or the classic, like, why did no one teach me this? Why? Yeah. And then you look back, if you truly were to see, a lot of times that's been taught to you 80 times and exactly. you just finally got you it. You just finally so. really got it. You were at the place in your life where it made sense. Um, yeah. And I want to read, you know, you really, I think... I think you have sort of stumbled onto this idea of another big reason God allows our growth to be progressive, because he wants us to know him. Mm. And I think that is our number one call as believers, is to know him. Yeah. And so we want to peel back that onion. God wants us to experience that continually peeling back of layers of us and of him and of us and of him, and he wants to reveal himself more and more through our entire lives. Yeah. And he wants to... So uh, this is Ephesians 1, 17 in the Passion Translation, which is really fun to read sometimes. I pray, he says, that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're talking about. And I think maybe, you know, if you get frustrated sometimes, uh, well, first of all, I think the source of frustration 
often comes from the fact that we are, instead of trying to get to know God, we're trying to work on ourselves. Yeah. Well, and work on ourselves and work on a situation and work on whatever it is. Yeah, trying to make our lives better or make ourselves better. We typically pray a lot more in negative situations because we want out of them and we're petitioning and begging God. (laughs) And he listens. But what if our intention in prayer was to get to know God better? Our intention in Bible study was not just, I need a word from the Lord for my life, but I need to know God. You know, if we lived our whole lives to know God, I think And wake up in the morning and say, is my goal to have a good day, or is my goal to know Jesus more today? I I think it's we talked about last week, building that framework or through a lens of identity in Christ. And it's the same thing if we lived our day with the intention of knowing the Father better. Knowing Him. It's where, I don't know, the lens... What you're seeing or what you're doing may not look that different to anyone else, but you seeing what you're doing will look a huge difference. Yeah, and I was going to say, I was thinking about that lens thing, that idea that identity in Christ is like a lens. Well, knowing God is like the lens behind that lens. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate lens is knowing him. And what I discovered in my life is that as I learned my identity, I got to know him better. Yeah, and so it's become, to me, it is almost, I sort of go back and forth between meditating on who I am in him and just meditating on who he is. I mean, I have a massive list of the names of Jesus that I just meditate on. And they include just lots of names of God right. because they're one and the same and, and just meditating on who he is and worshiping him and just knowing him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that should be our number one goal. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. It comes. There's the songs now and all of this of Do you want the healer or Do you want the healing or the healer, the creation or the creator? And it's right. when it comes back, so much better than getting your leg healed is knowing God. Knowing so him. much better than not being sick anymore is yeah. knowing God. So much better than getting the million dollars of the Lamborghini is knowing God. Like oh, He yeah. is so much better. You know, He's worth going and selling everything for so that you can just sit and rest in his kingdom. So right. um, he himself is the pearl of great price. Yeah. It's amazing. So Phil, I think that about wraps us up for yeah, today. That's that's some great stuff. That's uh, really great stuff. Yeah. Thanks for all of your insight. And thanks to Gordon Small, yes. a pastor, uh, who is just an incredible Bible student and an incredible man of God. Love yeah, that guy. We love him. Unless he doesn't listen to Second Breakfast, then we love him slightly <laughs> less. Uh, tell your friends, uh, no, tell no, your no, family, no, no. listen to Second Breakfast, Luke's and Phil, uh, and... Uh, Phil, The Mandalorian is over right now. There's no more episodes, there's so there's no Mando Minute. No, nope. What do we nope. even talk about? I don't know. Culture? I mean, there's a lot going on. We have a new president to manana. Yeah, uh, by tomorrow. the time this airs, yeah. we'll air with a new president. The new president? We're just praying for all the craziness yeah. to be uh, ruled. Whatever you're doing politically, make yeah. sure you are living as God has called you to live, loving right. Love. him, loving love, others. Love. And not doing stupid junk. So we love you guys. We're glad that you have listened to Second Breakfast with Lucas and Phil. Thank you so much. I'm sure there's music playing somewhere. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please send those over to secondbreakfast777 at gmail.com. Phil at eastwoodtulsa.com or lucas at eastwoodtulsa.com. We would love to hear from you as we yeah. quickly approach our one-year anniversary yeah, of podcasting. And, and also, look up our Facebook page. We are now on Facebook. We are on Facebook. Are we on Instagram? Soon. 
Hopefully by the time this airs, I just haven't made the page yet. Lucas. And we've got caricatures coming in the ne- this week, so those are going to be really cool. Hopefully we'll get some sweet Second Breakfast stickers that you can purchase to help raise money for a new soundboard. Woo-hoo. And uh, we should have a one-year anniversary celebration coming up that yeah, we want soon. you to be a part of where we can eat some First Breakfast all together while we talk about second breakfast. Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. We'll have a date and time and location for that coming up quickly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so looking forward to that. We love Getting you together guys. With some some of the more local listeners. Yeah. Even, hey, if, if some of you global people want to fly in. Yeah. If you want to come speak <laughs> Russian, like I don't know how you understand if you only speak Russian, but if you want to come to breakfast and just eat with us, we'd love to have you. That's so, right. Come on. Or um, better yet, fly us where you are. Yeah, we'll come to you. <laughs> If you'll buy breakfast. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to Second Breakfast with Lucas and Phil. I'm Lucas. I'm Phil. Love and pancakes. See you, bye. Bye.